0: What's up, Atlanta sports fans? I'm Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam Kalal, and we are Atlanta Zone, two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports, wacky-ass hijinks and analysis. Adam, how's it going, sir? Graham, it is going, I'm going to say excellent, actually. Mm.
1: You know why? Why is that? Because we have content. We do have content. For the first time
0: in a couple, a couple of weeks yes a couple of weeks we did not put a show out last week um we recorded a podcast we, we did record a podcast so we'll never see it the light of day this isn't like the uh, bob dylan bootleg series where you're, you'll hear it about 10 years after it was recorded or 50 years after it was recorded it happened it was trash i deleted it
1: it was complete trash like they're like we're basically just talking about the same shit we've talked about for weeks the past week like three or four weeks yeah and we had zero flow going.
0: Yeah, it was it was one of those. It felt like uh, one of our episodes from the first year. Yeah, where we just didn't know what the hell we were doing. Not that we really know what the hell we're doing now, but at least we sound a little more comfortable and confident, even if we aren't. And uh, like, you would tell a story, I'd be like.
1: Oh, oh, yes. I have nothing to add. Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> Great. <laughs> and, <laughs> then I would tell a story and would be like, like, Cool story, man. Yeah, good stuff. I yeah. it was it was awful. So we'll try to do better today. Um Yes. So because so at the end of I think we recorded that like Wednesday, attempted to yeah. record it and we just felt terrible about ourselves. Yep. So then come Saturday, there was still no big news in the Atlanta sports world. Mm-hmm. So we were like, damn it we need to get some content for the users. So we ventured down <clears throat> to Centennial Olympic Park Saturday evening on a content search. Yes. The night before the Super Bowl. Slash hunt. Yeah. Um, so for those of you that weren't dumb
0: enough to go down there, it was a shit show. Yeah. There was a sea of humanity. I've never seen so many people in one place before. It was... Uh... That's not true, but that's how it felt. You felt just overwhelmed. Um, City of Atlanta, I think overall we did a good job. I think we did a great job. But when it came to this part of town and this event, you know, they didn't shut down streets, so you had traffic everywhere. You couldn't get into the goddamn Super Bowl experience if you tried to go too late, which I guess was our fault, but it was like... Did you hear
1: the numbers for that? So the concert Saturday night that we were trying to go to? mm -hmm. um, Centennial Olympic Park holds got like a fire code capacity of like 30,000 i think mm-hmm. they said. Yeah. There were 100,000 people Fuck. there. Yeah. So the, our way of trying to get down there was to use the city's 100 million dollar <laughs> investment. Is it really 100 million? 100 million dollars they put into that. Are thing. you
0: shitting me it's that much? Nope, the, I didn't know it was that this much. This is the streetcar. That makes me feel even worse yes. about the fucking thing. Yes. So 100
1: million dollars to get that thing going, currently a 2.1 mile loop um, that Runs on the street, obviously, but you know, a lot of cities that they have a streetcar, there's a dedicated streetcar lane, right? City of Atlanta, so I don't think they knew all that. So, so that way, when there's a major event going on, said streetcar is still a viable form of transportation instead of just
0: being stuck in traffic. Yeah, I think the streetcar is the most true to Atlanta. I think the streetcar is, like, one of the best representations of Atlanta in general. Looks great. Oh, yeah. Looks awesome. It's very sleek. It's very modern. Uh, But you get on it, and the inside's fine, too. But when you actually have to depend on it for something, when you need it to come through for you, it will let you down. It is an actual physical thing you can touch that is the perfect real-life representation of Atlanta sports to me. Like, it is... Everything you look at in all our teams and just doesn't have it where it absolutely counts chemistry is just not there yeah it can't get you to the finish <laughs> yeah. line it's it's missing that ace yeah that, and, would, that would get you to the game or that Joseph Martinez yes it, yeah so Atlanta United on the of course
1: right right they got it all figured out yep so we get on this thing at Edgewood. Which we're kind of just doing it for the novelty of it. A couple of people with us wanted to just ride it because they'd never written it before. I was bitching about it the whole time. I didn't want to get on it. Yes, you, you were being a cranky old man. But, it, I mean, I'm, I'm happy we did it. It's a good story. Oh, yeah. Oh. It's a good experience. So we get, we get on, <laughs> like, after wait, we missed one by, like, a minute, yep. maybe. It was like, oh, no problem. There'll be another one back around in, like, ten minutes. How long were we waiting, Graham? About 35 minutes. 35 minutes. And then it finally shows up, and it actually is packed. Like, it was very strange to see. Like, standing room only. Generally, when we've written it, it's just, like,
0: maybe a homeless dude. Yeah, the only time I've been on it was after, I think, the United Season opener this or last year. And there was a guy with a keyboard not plugged in anything, and he was just banging away on it. And <laughs> the greatest novel of all time yeah, he was, for no he, one to see. He was going to town. Yeah. Hemingway. Stark contrast uh, last on Sunday yeah, or Saturday. So completely
1: packed out. We finally get on. We're moving, and it was so stupid because we walked so far to get down there, too, so then the first, like, block or two was just retracing our steps to get there, and we're like, okay, this is working out. Way to go, Atlanta. Oh. We're like, we're using public transportation. It's going to work. And then, also keep in mind, no one actually paid to ride this thing. Except for us. Yeah, because you paid online. Right. Versus... On the train, you just pop a dollar. They want you to
0: pop a dollar in like some box or something. Right, but no one's there to watch it. No one's there to monitor it. It's a very faulty way to set things up. Honestly, you don't need to pay to get on this thing. Right, that was the first thing I was complaining about. It's ludicrous.
1: But then, whoever... I guess it's MARTA now that runs this thing. They decided during the busiest weekend ever in Atlanta, the busiest weekend ever for the streetcar, they need to stop us... At their headquarters on Auburn Ave, there, in order for a guy and two cops to come on to pull the money off of the train out of these little boxes that nobody actually paid to use, and this isn't just a quick pop, pop in, pop out. He's got like four
0: different keys to open up each one. Yeah, there's like four of them, or four or five on each. Well, there were like there were two right by us, right. and that took them ten minutes to get through those right. two. I think there were two more farther on the other ahead. side of the train. Yeah. yeah.
1: And it was just embarrassing for just Atlanta. Just sitting there.
0: Yeah, they didn't. They could have at least gotten all these people downtown. Yeah, and then, and then done, done, it. done it. Do it at the end of the. You know what, just or do, do it while the, the train's the running too. Yeah, do it at the end of the night. Like it's not. You really think it's going to fill up that much? Yeah. And then, ironically enough,
1: we're causing more traffic because there's cars stuck behind right. us. Right. So we're adding to the trying to get around.
0: Of, right into the, the legend of Atlanta traffic and. We're just sitting there. Uh, literally, I mean, we, we 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 sat there for what 15, 20 minutes, and they weren't even getting that much money out of there.
1: It may have been like two bucks. It was a little more than that, I'm sure, but I'd, I'd say top sixty dollars.
0: Yeah, I'll give you sixty bucks. Let me the fucking limit. let me ride the
1: stupid trolley. Yeah, it was it was terrible, and they ended up shutting the train down later that night because it couldn't move because of traffic.
0: That's hilarious. So question, or not question, but I also remind the users of what you did once we got off the train. We said, fuck this, we're going to walk to Centennial Park from where I, we are. I, to- I talked to the driver. And I mean, I was cordial about it, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I was like,
1: hey, man, like, what are we doing? Are we really pulling this money right now? And he was just like, yeah, man, I know. It's really dumb. Like, no one even pays to ride this thing either. <laughs> so he, he was cool. It wasn't him. But it was just like a bonehead move. Yeah. And- but Marta itself did really well this weekend. Mm-hmm. Like, Marta could have completely screwed up
0: getting people there. But they actually did a good job. That's good. Um, but yeah, streetcar, no boy. Bueno. Streetcar was horrible. Um, and people, out-of-towners, were sort of just looking around like, this is this is a city? Yeah. Or is this like a podunk town? If it was a podunk town, it would probably be better. Right. If everything was fine, if it weren't for that. Because yeah. you heard about Belichick
1: raving about Atlanta and... Mm-hmm how every, like everyone loved how everything was downtown. Yeah. Like, so many cities is, like, super spread out, but yeah. everything was walking distance to the hotels right. and the stadium and, and all that.
0: unfortunately, plenty of experience to uh,
1: bases. Yeah, he knows what a Super Bowl looks like. Right? Yeah, he does. And then we ended up at a Patriots bar,
0: which... Oh, yeah. Well, let's talk about first going to the experience. Okay. We go down to Centennial Park, finally <laughs> walk down there. On the way, we... Nothing but Patriots fans, all right? Nothing but Patriots fans or just random people or people wearing Falcons jerseys. Um, But for the most part, in terms of the two teams that were are representing for the Super Bowl, 99% Patriots fans. We finally see three Rams fans walking. And I was like, holy shit, there's some actual Rams fans that are here. And I was like, Rams fans, Atlanta's supporting you. We want you to win. We're pulling for you. Let's do it. And then they just sort of look at me like I'm speaking Cantonese or something. And I'm like, but you're really not going to respond to that? I was enthusiastic yeah. behind you. And then you call them out and you're like, hi, hey, Rams friends. You know, you got to show a little enthusiasm for Christ's sake yeah. or something like that. And they're, and they're like, we'll be ready. And there's these middle-aged guys who are just acting so timid. I swear to God, if the Falcons were in the Super Bowl and I had the chance to go to the city and I was there for the game. I'd be talking so much shit. I'd be saying, "Rise up to everyone you I see." You would get in like so many people would fight you. I would probably have gotten stabbed or arrested, but I would have. People would have remembered that. No, one would have they, accused the, you of lack of energy. No, they would have said that guy was a Falcons fan. He was there to support his team. Yeah, he may not have gotten to see the game because he was arrested for public drunkenness, but he was fucking there and he yeah. was he was he was rocking out. These guys were lame, absolutely lame. It made me almost not want to cheer for the Rams, even though I hate the Patriots with every fiber of being. I, I did meet like
1: maybe a total of six Rams fans out and about. There were a couple Rams fans at a bar Friday night as well. And they, yeah, lame is yep. the only word I can think of.
0: I think what this is attributed to, right, is that the Rams were in L.A. 20 years ago, something like that, more more than that, maybe 30 years at this point. Um, and they, they moved to St. Louis. They have a decent fan base there. And then they leave St. Louis and go to L. A. When there isn't really a great football market in L. A., they love the Dodgers, they love the Lakers, plenty of Clippers fans. They got the Kings. You know, they got their teams are set there. They've been set there for a LA long time. L. A. and Sacramento are, are different cities, Graham. No, I'm talking about the L. A. Kings. Oh, uh, the sure, hockey team, the sure, hockey team. sure, sure. And huh. and even though I would say the Coliseum over the course of the season got more packed, right? I mean that. That uh, that one game, they, the playoff game they had against Dallas, you know, that was a good environment. But I don't think there's enough, you know, diehard fans there that are willing to make the trip cross country to go to the Super Bowl. And St. Louis fans, for the most part, I imagine, feel absolutely betrayed and oh, yeah. and abandoned, and so they don't want to come down. Bar Bar's, so,
1: Barstool did a video going to St. Louis mm-hmm. asking
0: people, "So you excited about the Super Bowl, Rams, baby?" <laughs> and guys were just like. Get the fuck out of my face. Right. And so no one from St. Louis, or I I imagine the vast majority of people from St. Louis don't give a shit. And that's where the franchise has been for 30-ish years before they moved back to L.A. So it's like you're dealing with a diminished fan base that doesn't really have any footing yet in its new location and has abandoned its core fan base where it was in St. Louis. So it makes sense, the turnout that we got. It's just depressing when all you see is Patriots fans everywhere you fucking go. There were a lot of them um, yeah so we we couldn't get into the Super Bowl experience because it was just too packed it was
1: crazy like I generally don't get like anxiety in like big crowd situations yeah but I was like I just wanted to get the hell yeah, out of me there. too like I'm,
0: that was that was just too much yeah I wanted to get in just because we had we had suffered through the streetcar and a, we had a walk up there there's too many Patriots fans around. I was making guttural noises at Patriots fans. I couldn't even speak to them. I was just like, oh, no. Or I just didn't say anything. But at that point, like I was like, I want to see something. I want to go inside and see a concert or see some. some. I want to see an NFL player. I don't know. But we wound up not being able to get in there just because there's too many people and the wait was too long. And so we went to Sidebar, which is a good downtown bar. Our off, standard downtown right, bar. Right, off Poplar Street. And unfortunately, it was Patriots headquarters. <laughs> We walked right into the lion's den. Because <laughs> well,
1: uh, I got there before you, and once I saw that, I was like, holy hell, Graham is going to lose his mind.
0: Yeah, and then the problem was, in like I just kept thinking about the Chiefs and that poor bastard who lined up in the neutral zone. If he hadn't done that, the Chiefs would have gone to the Super Bowl. There would have been Chiefs fans... Maybe some Rams fan, whatever. But I could at least go up to the other, uh, you know, the out-of-towners and feel like, you know, a host. And feel like right. I, I'm playing a part of being a good host for the city of Atlanta. Representing. Ask them how they're doing. Have you heard of Atlanta's own, Have podcast? Of Atlanta's own podcast? Have you heard uh, Would you like me to recommend any restaurants? Would, you know, whatever. And <laughs> instead, I couldn't talk to any out-of-towners because a bunch of asshole Patriots fans.
1: Yeah, I think...
0: Reveling in their glory. We need to
1: discuss your Patriots hatred because I've kind of come around this past week. Because to be honest with you, interact with a lot of them and they weren't really assholes.
0: From all the ones I interacted with, Mm, that's good. And I just can't bear that. Like, like I know the minute they ask me where I'm from, whatever, it's gonna, they're, gonna, they're gonna talk the about 28 three to 3. Stuff needs to stop. But, yeah, like that's our only reason for hating them. Well, yeah, I mean, like it's not like they're a rival for us. No, but it's just the one, one. there's a jealousy of their success. and Two, obviously the Super Bowl that we fucked up. So I can't like every time I see a Patriots fan or a Patriot logo, I just start thinking about that night and how horrible it was, and I can't handle it.
1: I I do respect them just for the fact that, like, they don't have big weapons or superstars. It's like a bunch of undrafted guys, yeah, that just buy into their system. No, the way they
0: do it's pretty great. Or they've um, been doing it for twenty what? plus years. Yeah, it's freaking crazy. Yeah, and the one time they did have like a superstar receiver and Randy Moss, they didn't win the damn thing. Right. So it's pretty crazy. Yeah, but um. Yeah, and we were just in the bar, and I just kept getting angrier and angrier and angrier. And I was just, I wasn't drinking, so I couldn't even like, just because I needed to take a break from the the, the liquor. And I, uh, I mean, I I left around 730, 8 o'clock, just because I was like, I can't handle this shit. This is this is the worst thing, other than the Saints, other than the Saints being there. It was the worst possible thing for me, and I couldn't handle it. <laughs> and I'm sure there are fine fine people who are Patriots fans, obviously. Ex in intern Jared is a fine yeah. person, yeah. but even him talking to him, I was like, I want to fucking punch this guy.
1: How, how'd you like it when he texted the other day saying, "What did he say?" Honestly, that wasn't a very satisfying. Yeah, game. it wasn't a
0: very satisfying championship or something. I was, I was like, "Fuck you, motherfucker!" I would do anything for a championship for the Falcons, and you're sitting here, you know, reveling in your uh, in your gluttony of championships, and it's like. You have no idea how lucky you are. Boston sports fans can't say anything. They just won back-to-back World Series and Super Bowl. I mean, that's, I that's insane. Ni- 97 days between the two or something Yeah, that's like that. insane. You can't say anything. You can never complain about anything if you're from Boston I, I, when it comes to sports. And for him to say that really pissed me off. I could tell. But it's over now. It's over now. The Patriots are the champions again, and they win it in our backyard. And I was depressed watching that game. I've been depressed this week. I've just been thinking about all no, these things. I've been feeling good this
1: week. Like no, That's good. Football's over. We we got some nice weather
0: this week. We did. It's and unseasonably And now it, it just smells like spring training. Oh, yeah. When I, I walked outside to, to actually talk to you on the phone, I was like, God damn, I feel like it's April 14th or something.
1: Yeah. Jeff, Jeff texted me this afternoon and saying, dude, i like, thinking, I just can't wait to go to Braves game already. And I was literally in the process when he texted me of Mm -hmm. thinking about the Braves because of this whole... Did you hear the whole SunTrust thing? No. So SunTrust got bought by BB&T. Yeah, I did hear about that. Yeah, Yeah, so Mm -hmm. like there's always... So like what the hell are they going to do with the Braves stadium? Is it going to get renamed? And like someone on Twitter suggested Hank Aaron Field. That'll never happen. I lose, Lose money from the sponsorship. I know, but how sweet would it just be to like let's go... We're, gonna, we're headed down to the Hank or headed down to the Hammer.
0: Yeah, or the, the Chipper Jones field,
1: something like that. I, I think so. I think I, I, I was in the process of like, is Chipper Jones too young to already
0: No, I mean he's immortalizing him? He is Mr. Brave. I mean, yeah. honestly, he spent his whole career here. He brought us our only championship. Then you're headed down to the Chip? The Chip. That'd be fucking great. The Chip. Yeah. Who knows what the real name would be, but you could call it the Chip, and that would be tremendous. Even if it was just like... I don't know, Tropicana Orange Juice presents Chipper Jones Stadium or something. You could do that. I would yeah. love that. That would be great. Like, why can't we do something BB&T like that? Or and t presents Hank Aaron Field. Field. Yeah, or that. Yeah. That's fine. You know, like, why can't we do something like that where you get your little corporate bullshit, your 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 acknowledgement, but you also humanize the place and don't make it seem like some corporate headquarters. You know, like, like, give me a real name and you can put Minute Maid or Tropicana. I don't know why I'm obsessed with Orange Juice or... <laughs> <laughs> uh, fucking wild turkey presents, yeah. Fucking wild turkey presents Hank Aaron Field. Why can't we just do
1: that? Although then again, you got to think like, I would take that sponsorship if someone wanted to do like the Adam Kalisle Studio sponsored by Texaco gas station.
0: Oh, totally. Boom. Yeah, absolutely. But just like have it, have it both ways. Though. Have have your corporate stuff and have your actual human yeah, yeah. name. No,
1: I think that's the way to go. Yeah. Or the '95 team because I'm those guys made their money. Uh, I'm sure they've invested it well. Sure. Why can't they just throw in however much money it is for these sponsorships and sponsor the stadium themselves? Could do that, I guess. It's probably not... I don't know if there's much of a return last, on that's, that's the
0: thing there, right? <laughs> is that for a not,
1: company, that makes sense. But,
0: yeah, but for them, it's probably not a wise investment. Um, who knows? We well, don't, you know. don't always have to be wise. That's true. But yeah, that would be nice. So who knows what SunTrust Park will eventually be called. I imagine, you know, we'll see how that shakes out. But... Yeah, I mean, it did feel like baseball today, and we got the, uh, unfortunately, the disturbing news about JT Realmuto being traded to the Phillies for their top prospect, Uh, Sixto, 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 Sixto Martinez, I think, you know. Is it that disturbing? Yes, it makes the Phillies so much better. I wasn't really too concerned with them because even though they got Dale Robertson and which I thought was a really good move, right? I wish we could have gotten him. But Andrew McCutcheon I wasn't really afraid of. But now you get that lineup with Herrera, uh Reese Hoskins, um, and then you and then you put real muto in the middle of it. That that makes them a very, very, very dangerous, very dangerous squad. But I mean they've gone
1: and they could still get Harper or Machado.
0: They well. they obviously could still I mean if that happens, they're winning the division. I don't care. What you, what you say? I
1: don't know, man.
0: You got to see how it all plays out on the field. Of course, of course. I mean, we've seen some of these "quote unquote" super teams assembled, and it's falling apart. But uh, it, it's um, I enjoyed it's disheartening. I enjoyed reading an article. It was like one of
1: their, like one of their Mark Bowmans, whatever the Phillies equivalent of Mark Bowman is, right? And like yesterday, before the trade, they were just talking about how what the Marlins are asking for is just way too much. Mm -hmm. So they traded their catcher Alfaro, I believe is his name, Mm -hmm. their catcher from last year, yeah, and then their number one prospect and one other guy. And it it, it would have been the equivalent of us trading Austin Riley plus um, Tukey. Right, you know? and that's it. Would have been that that's much. too much, and, and, but that's exactly what this is to them. Right, because now they have zero trade bait, like zero big prospects. So if they have a big injury, that say Aaron Nola gets hurt, and they need right. to go out and get somebody, they got nothing to but, deal with. But now. the but the problem, and it's only two years, and this catcher they traded, mm. like has the potential to be a top five catcher, anyways. Right, and yet they had him wrapped up for like six years versus right. two
0: years of Real Muto. The the issue though. Is that the Phillies have a lot of money to fall back on, whereas we don't? So they can recover from this and not be totally fucked. If we had made this move and it blew up on our face, let's say Mundo blows out his knee—I don't
1: know—some yeah.
0: health issue happens, or he underperforms a little bit for whatever reason, we are screwed by this deal. So I'm, I'm upset that we, uh, I'm not upset that we didn't get him. You're just upset yet. I'm him. upset the that Phillies. he went we up for the Phillies. I would have liked to have had him. I mean, I think you put him in the middle of that lineup, and it's it becomes a very, very dangerous lineup. However, I think what they were asking for, like you mentioned, is it was just too much, and and for two years of a of a catcher is about to hit thirty. It's it's just not a good look. And you bite the bullet. You bite the bullet, and you hope that you know. And Anthopoulos said, you know, today he's looking beyond 2019. He doesn't want to force a deal. It sounds like he's been trying to make deals, but they haven't been appealing to him. Now, subjectively, you can say whether you disagree or agree with him on that. But I do respect the fact that, unless he's fronting and just full of shit, but I respect, at least on the surface, he's saying these deals haven't been good for us. The Michael Brantley deal, where he was signed as a free agent, the Rio Muto trade, just wasn't, it did not it was just not a good move for us, and and it could hurt us. And being a unfortunately mid mid market team, you got to consider these things, and you can't hamstring yourself. And the primary, you know, the primary way you're going to win is through your homegrown talent. And so, when you make a big move for a free agent or a trade, it's got to be. The the perfect scenario, and if this isn't the perfect scenario, which I don't think this was, it probably is the right move. His job isn't to make a big splash on Twitter with the fans for a couple days. Right, just to do it, right? Yeah. We've seen stuff like that. I mean, B.J. Upton. B.J. Upton, yeah. Everyone was stoked about that, except for Graham. Right. Um, (laughs) I said, look at his on-base percentage,
1: below 300. Ooh, by the way, he was Melvin Upton, but now it's back to B.J. Upton. Yeah, that solves everything. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah, no, I mean... I understand the impatience. I get it. I keep hoping for a deal myself, but if it's not there, don't force it. Like we we, we were we won our division. Yep. We've added an MVP Our young pitchers are going to be better than they were last year. Acuna is going to be better. Acuna, yeah, we have Ronald frickin' Acuna. Don't forget about that.
0: Right. So I mean, if he had played a full season, he was projected to hit 43 home runs and hit like 326 with like a 400 on base with like a 550 slugging. So, I mean, like you get a full year of him and he's gotten better. I mean, we're going to be all right. We're going to We'll probably be all right. The question I have for the Braves is they were really good against the NL East last year. They were not very. They were not very good outside of the NL East. There's a reason we won the divisions because we took care of the division. Right. So my concern now is 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 if we compare last year's team to this year's team, do we think we can get better? One playing outside of the division, but more importantly, because we play the you know primarily the majority of our games against in division opponents, because the rest of the division minus the Marlins have gotten so much better, particularly with the Phillies making this move today, the Nationals. Have a, a, a rotation that's stacked to hell with Corbin, uh, Scherzer, Strasburg. So it makes me wonder if we're going to be able to beat you know, these teams again the way we did last year. And I don't think with the roster con- currently constructed that we will, but we also don't know how much better our young talent's going to get. So it's a really tricky situation. I don't envy Plus, those Ant- other teams are
1: going to be beating up on themselves more as well. True, you know.
0: Yeah, I think it's gonna be a very competitive division. I'm not really scared of the Mets as much, even though I know they got Edwin Diaz and Robbie Cano. I mean, Diaz is a great closer, but Cano—he's not the Robbie Cano from the Yankees. not even the Robbie Cano of the Mariners a couple years ago. Um, they also got Familia, you know, but I, uh, in the bullpen. But I'm—I'm I'm more concerned with the Nationals, even though I know they're historically choked. They can't win a playoff series. I mean, it's. That's, you know, we can't either, but at least we've done it in the history of our franchise and we have a championship. They, they can't, no matter how stacked they get, historically, they cannot win. And it's just really funny. But I think they're setting themselves up, once again on paper, to be a really good team. The question is, will, will they actually be able to put it together this year? I don't know. But the Phillies, with their vast amount, their vast sums of money, and the fact that they could still get Machado or Harper, scare me the most, especially when they have Aaron Nola coming back as their ace. That is uh, that's a scary prospect. What's the make. rest of
1: the rotation like, though?
0: Uh they got Jake Arrieta, and beyond that, hey. um, who's still a good pitcher. But beyond that, no one that's going to really scare you. Well, there you go. But that offense, if they get Harper or Machado, you can buy them a real Muto and Hoskins. That is a murderer's row, middle of the order, and that's scary. So I am kind of pissed off that we haven't been able to get anything else going. We started off so good with the Donaldson move. Like I really liked it, even though I know... Well, see, that's the thing. If we had done nothing and then signed Donaldson like in late December, would, would people, people be, be happy now? I don't know. But the thing is, is, it seems like the rest of the division has gotten a lot better on paper, and it seems like we have not, to me. Um, but I think, as you've mentioned, that no one's taking into account the progression of the young players. I think that's the X factor. If we don't make any more moves, that's the X factor. I'm still pissed off that we haven't made any more moves. Our payroll is still 20 to 30 million below what it was last it's year. 10. 10. Even still. So I, I would, that's frustrating considering I, all the money the battery I, I, made. I, th- I think there's... And all the money that, that the attendance went up. So here, all here's, that here's a
1: couple things to keep in mind.
0: Yeah.
1: A, it's not opening day. I, I think... I do. Th- there's still some bullpen arms out there that not including Kimbrel. Right. Um... Like, even, what's his face? Um, Picture that we had a couple years ago that turned out to be a great closer for the Cardinals last year. Uh, Bud Norris. Bud Norris is out there. I would take a Bud Norris. Yeah. But, like, a guy like that, a proven veteran, those guys are still out there. Sure. So, I think, I think we add someone like that. Um, where the hell was I? Oh, revenue, <laughs> yeah. money. Yes. Yeah, so, the all important thing. Say we just get back to budget. And yeah. you are like, oh, what about all this extra money we're supposed to be spending? You have more flexibility to make a move and add salary in like in season as well. right?
0: And, and so that is very true. There's more room to add it, once we know what our needs are and people know who's in and out of it. Yeah, and the good news about that is is that once you get in the middle of the season and there are teams that are you know out of it options kind of open up a little bit you don't have to worry about signing a free agent because there are no free agents i mean there are free agents but you're not obviously trying to sign them at that point in the middle of the year you're more concerned about targeting teams that have good good players that you can go out and try to acquire with your prospect capital and i'm I'm just hoping that we do something because i feel like as the team is currently constructed even if we do have young players to send we need we need something we need something we need something in that rotation especially on the bullpen i really hope that Anthopolis can get something done before spring training starts or during the season because we, we are lacking stability there to me even if the young guys really improve but we'll see
1: yeah maybe maybe not
0: yeah we'll see i i don't know i'm, I'm kind of disheartened right now but i'm not going to freak out and Throw a tantrum on Twitter yeah, saying, You Amphopolis sound, you, you is a sound
1: better than I thought you would be. About yeah, this topic. yeah.
0: I just, I'm frustrated that he, that they went to, that Real Muto goes to Philly, but you can't control that. that sucks. Yeah, yeah. whatever. And you don't want to give up Ian Anderson and Austin Riley or Tukey yeah. for, you know, just to block the Phillies, you be know. Crazy. Yeah. Um,
1: Damn it, it feels good to talk
0: baseball again. It does. I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting the season going again, getting back out to SunTrust and all that good stuff.
1: And I'm happy we're pl- we're, we are we're seem to be past you being completely depressed about the Falcons as well. Yeah. Not really.
0: Well, I, I kind of was. I was sort of living in a very ambivalent state of mind when it came to football and the playoffs and whatnot. But as it was announced yesterday, the Falcons made a lot of moves, Adam, to clear up some cap space heading into free agency in the offseason. Uh, Brooks Reed was cut. Robert Alford was cut, and unfortunately, I'd say, Matt Bryant was cut. The greatest Sockens kicker of all time, leads us, uh, all-time field goals made, all-time extra points made, has made clutch kick after clutch kick this year, even though he had some health issues, made 20 or 21 field goals. Um, did just about everything you could ask for from a place kicker. And we have seen in the NFL what happens when you have a bad place kicker. Like uh, the Bears – Kicker whose name escapes my mind at the moment. Uh, that loser. That loser who Caleb, missed. Caleb Sturgis. No, uh, it's like Colby Parker.
1: Parker. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Parky. Parky. Co- Cody Parky. Cody Parky who missed that big kick. Even though they say it was blocked, he still, you know, he had a horrible season overall. Missed a lot of kicks right uh, during the year. You know, kicker is is, is such an underrated position. I mean, it, it is you're great or you're not, and we've had a great kicker for the last decade. And uh, he's come up with big kick after big kick. And one kick, especially, that comes to my mind right now is that kick against the Seahawks to send us to the 2012 NFC Championship game. I mean, whenever you need a Matt Bryan to make a big kick or even a routine kick, he was there to do it. And it's a damn shame that we couldn't renegotiate. I think we only saved three and a half million by not. uh, We only saved three and a half million by by cutting him. But it's like, fuck. That's a lot, though,
1: man. So here's the kicker.
0: And yet. Ah! The kicker, <laughs> yeah, but and yet Vic Beasley's still on the team, taking up twelve million dollars worth of cap space for now. But
1: so here's the kicker with this old kicker situation, Graham.
0: Yeah, Um
1: he missed three games last year. He has forcing us. Yeah, he's forty-four years old. I understand he's still great, but he missed three year or three games, forcing us to have two kickers on the team. So.
0: It makes sense. You get yeah. why they did it, right? I, I can understand it. It's just frustrating because he's been so clutch. He's been such a great kicker right, for but you. But things have to end sometimes. But I don't think it was ready to end. I mean, I think he's still got a lot to offer. He still is money in the fucking bank. There's a lot of, there's a lot of money to be paying a kicker, though. Well, why can't we try to renegotiate the deal? Why would he do that? Why wouldn't he do that? I mean, he, he likes playing here. His wife likes being here. Um, he likes the team. And so, he's been here for 10 to years. Say, well, Why not say go down to $1.5 Because we need that money to get Grady Jarrett. No, I'm saying him renegotiate the deal to say here's $1.5 million, as opposed to three and a half. And He thinks he's worth more than that. Well, that's fine. I'm just saying, like, I don't know. Maybe they did try to do that. But it's unfortunate, I think, that we weren't able to renegotiate and do whatever we could to keep him because he's a, he's one of the best kickers in the league, regardless of the health issues. He's one of the best kickers in the league. And... Tavecchio did have a very good season, didn't miss a kick last year. But he's also very young, unproven. And uh, I wonder uh, how I wonder how good he's gonna be. I wonder how good he's gonna be uh moving forward. But They've obviously but,
1: been high on him for a while though.
0: Yeah, I know that's right. They wouldn't they wouldn't have kept him on the and, roster. He'd probably still be in Oakland if it weren't for John Green's yeah. dumbass. Right. And they, they they wouldn't have kept him on the roster if they didn't feel that way. Um but I I'm, I'm kinda of surprised at your lack of reverence for, for Matt Bryant.
1: No, I love the man. Like okay. I, I remember who do we have before him? It was like Jason Elam. Yeah, he imploded. Michael Kanan when he was trying to like Do I, all three I, positions. Yeah, like and then like our most reliable one was Morton Anderson when he was yeah. like fifty seven. Right. Um no, I I was sad to see it as well, mm-hmm. but I mean it's off season, man. It's Yeah. It's part of the business and you and I know that they're doing all of these cuts for a reason, and it's I think that you would be more upset if we didn't re sign Grady and kept
0: and renegotiated. Matt of course, Grant. of course, of course. And I know that you say it's just two and a half million, but it helps. Yeah, I know every every million helps, especially with how much money Grady reportedly wants. It's just He's such a fucking good kicker, man. He is and he seems like a a good humanitarian, he was very kind of the fans I read a lot of things on twitter I mean, and
1: w- we had to get rid of work done at some point too, and he also went to Tampa Bay, where Matt Bryant's probably gonna go for like a year
0: yeah it's um it's, yeah, it's part of the game. It's better to get rid of him at this point a year too soon than a year too late right, and you have to you have to consider that over the last couple of years he did miss a decent amount of games but yeah i mean
1: if he if he didn't miss games, he's probably still on this team,
0: right, maybe. Um. Still, I'm 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 very sad about it. I love, I love Matt Bryan very much. Sad um, about Brooks Reed? No, Brooks Reed and Robert Alford, I'm totally fine with um getting rid of. And you know, after releasing all three of these guys, I mean, we have thirty million dollars of cap, close to thirty million dollars of cap space now compared to where it was before that. So, you know, I think. Uh, Thomas overall, you know, two out of the three moves I agree with, and, and I'm glad that we we cut bait on them. I really hope we cut bait with Vic Beasley. The problem with getting rid of Brooks Reed, which is kind of interesting, the only edge rushers we have now under contract is Vic, if we exercise the option and tack. And that's it. So the problem now with the way this roster is constructed, or lack thereof, is that we have so many holes to fill. On the defensive line and on the offensive line, the two most two primary you know positions in football where you need to have great players to have success. And I don't think over the course of one off season we're going to be able to fill all those holes with with uh, decent enough pieces. It's a lot to ask, and a lot of that cap space, as you mentioned, is going to go to Grady if we are able to resign him. I hope to God we are. Julio and Julio and your draft picks. So. I mean, you literally have to make, like I said a couple weeks ago, every pick has to be in the trenches. And if Thomas takes a cornerback in the second round or something, I'm going to lose my freaking mind. No,
1: I think we're kind of set in the secondary. Because you have Oliver. we got Oliver,
0: who we drafted last year. Was that in the second round? Yeah. So you better you, then, you better hope. And then you got KZ, who played corner as well in college. Right. So I think Poole and KZ are probably going to be competing for that nickel spot if Ricardo Allen is healthy. If Ricardo Allen is not healthy – then what's going to happen is Casey's going to slide back to a safety position that he covered this year. I think he did a really good job overall, and and you know what? He had a nose for the ball. Yeah, he's a ball hawk. Which is something that Robert Alford never really had. The most interceptions he had in a season overall was, was two, and he had zero this year. And he graded out as one of the worst cornerbacks in the in the league this year. And he was a very much a... Uh, Feast or famine, kind of, kind of cornered back too. It was either like he was making really great plays or he was getting a pi. Yeah, and it was, and I am glad that we have moved on from him. Uh, overall, he had eighty-two yards worth of penalties this year on thirteen different penalties over the course of seventeen weeks. Um, I mean, we know what what where where Alfred was. I mean, he he. Usually he was able to make up for his deficiencies by making a great play every once in a while. Um, but this year, it, was, it just wasn't a thing. He didn't pass the eye test. I really... Like, th- you, you could tell he was yeah. like, oh, that guy's getting killed out there. Yeah, and it's interesting to me, Quinn's philosophy, it seems like, is to play the corners off the line of scrimmage. You know? Not to get physical at the line, but sort of like keep people in front of you. Right. And our defense was successful with that strategy, um, not this year, but the year before that when we still made the playoffs. And Alfred, I think, has been more successful when he's able to get more aggressive because he's an aggressive player. But Mm -hmm. but with the system that Quinn runs, he's not able to – it limits that ability to get on the line. And then he – because he's not able to be aggressive at the start of the play, he's aggressive at the end of the play. I think maybe that's affected him in a negative way. And he just – And just to prove that Robert Alford isn't thought of to be a bum by the entire league, he just signed a a three-year, $22 million deal with the Arizona Cardinals. Three years,
1: 22?
0: With the Arizona Cardinals tonight. So, I mean, that was only within less than 24 hours of him being released. He is on another team. Yeah, he strikes me as a guy that maybe needed a change of scenery. Yeah, I think so. Especially after this year of playing as poorly as he did. Yeah. Uh, He he seemed lost. And, uh, you know, one thing I'll always remember about Alford... Was, was two big plays. One was an overtime game. Uh, I think Dan Quinn's first year against the Redskins. We made a pick in overtime to win the game, and then obviously the pick six in the Super Bowl Fifty One. Yeah, that was uh, that was awesome, but painful now. Painful now, but that I watched that play the other day it was the first time I watched it since actually watching the game, and I almost I don't know I almost had like a break with reality. I still haven't been able to watch highlights. That's fair, but. uh. And he was actually released the, the, the day marking the two-year anniversary of the Super Bowl defeat. But, you know, I, I remember those moments, and, you know, he provided some decent things for us. But, you know, in the end, this was, this was absolutely the right move. Yep. It was time. And, yeah. And Brooks Reed has not been a valuable contributor. Who cares? Um, especially this year. He was a non-entity. So I'm fine with that.
1: Was it this year that he won us that one game, though?
0: No, that was you're thinking of last year against the, the Bears. Bears. The Bears, yeah. the opening game of the 2017-2018 uh, season, right. when he made that that sack to win the game. Yeah, um, yeah, he didn't do anything this year. I, I hardly remember seeing him on the field.
1: Yeah,
0: I mean, I remember seeing him on the field, but not in any meaningful capacity. Never really made a big tackle or a big play. It just you know never never happened. So I'm really interested to see if the Falcons are going to move on from from Vic Beasley or uh, anyone else out there, right? anyone else that we can get rid of to I mean, guys, get more cap space. Matt Schaub. I think Matt Schaub, I'm he's fine made, with. He's making too much money for a backup quarterback. Yeah, and that's actually something with Matt Bryant that I was kind of frustrated with. It's like, why couldn't we have negotiated in a way where it's like we limited the amount of money we're giving to Matt Bryant, who, keep in mind, as much as I love the man, only did one thing. He only did, he only kicked field goals. He didn't kick off. He only kicked field goals. We paid him a lot of money to kick field goals, and he right. was great at it. But, and I, I mean, might as well, I like to get rid of Matt Bosher. He sucks. Uh, You know, never could get a lot of touchbacks, even with the the NFL moving, uh, you know, kickoffs up ten yards. And his punts were very inconsistent this year. Reset the whole kicking game. I'm fine with that. I mean, if you're going to do it, do it. I I mean, if you want to save more money, do that. Um, I've heard that Dan Quinn wants to bring back Vic Beasley, but I think the rumor out there is that restructures deal exactly. So if you're going to exercise that fifth year option, it better not be for twelve million dollars. That would be absolutely stupid. Yeah,
1: I don't think Vic can even argue; he deserves
0: that. Right, and I gotta wonder, from his standpoint, if he wants to go somewhere else. Maybe. Um, change of scenery for him. He's had one good year. Other than that, it's been mediocrity or shit. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, anything else, Falcons wise? You want to touch on? I think that's it for the Falcons. Mm. F- Football wise. Oh, your boys, the, the Legends. The Atlanta
1: Legends kick off Saturday night. Right, eight, you like you like to call them the Legions. I, I know their name now. <laughs> Saturday night, 8 o'clock, CBS. Mm. Um, you know, they had a quarterback controversy. Oh,
0: Jesus. Yeah. So I Aaron was, Murray versus uh, Adam Kowal. Chris Sims. Chris Sims is still alive. Yep. even yeah. after getting his spleen removed, that's not, hilarious. Not
1: only is he still alive, he beat out Aaron Murray for the starting oh, job.
0: Oh shit! Yep, you got to think from a PR perspective. No, anyone's <laughs> yeah. going to get you know too excited for this shit. Other than you, you're the only person I've heard talking about this. No, I, I, but, okay. but let me let me right, yeah. you. You got to think about it. Like, do you really think that? More people are going to come out and see Chris Sims or Aaron Murray that live yeah, in the state of Georgia. It's crazy. I mean, come yeah. on, you got to go with Aaron Murray. Neither one of these guys are getting back to the NFL. But, but they're starting.
1: They're starting on the road for. I, th- I think they have two or three games on the road before they they come to Turner Field. So maybe that's what they're thinking. They're like, eh, let's see what Chris has got out there. Maybe, maybe they're just trying to be fair. He, he beat him out of practice.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess he's got to got to make the best move for the football team. I love that Spurrier's, coach yeah, the Spurrier's coaching. Yeah, Spurrier's coaching in Orlando. Funny. That's funny. It's phenomenal. Yeah.
1: Uh, a, a buddy of mine uh, from Clemson on the, the Twitter today, mm-hmm. he was like, not going to lie, I'm low-key kind of excited about the start of the uh, <laughs> whatever Football Alliance, or whatever it's called. <laughs> <laughs> I was like,
0: dude, me too. You and him are the only people in America. Well, me just because of the Turner Field, mainly. Right. Right. Well We will go to a game. We'll report on it.
1: as right. we do so. You can get uh, lower-level tickets for $680. Yep. Um, what do you mean 680? 6 dollars eighty cents? No
0: shit. Through six eighty, the fans. Wow. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're the official uh, voice of. Yeah, they of beat the, us to it. The Legends. Damn it. Yeah. We're the official podcast of the Legends. We yeah. Yeah. that that yeah, right now. Yeah, <laughs> we've talked about them more than any podcast over the last like two months. I think that was our best segment last week when we cut it. Yeah, we talked about the Legends. Probably. <laughs> yeah. uh, Hawks news: John Collins is officially in the dunk contest. Yes, which is excellent. Uh, he'll be squaring off against three other guys. Yeah, um, Duncan, Trey Young's in the skills competition. Trey Young's in the skills competition. Ne- ne- so Next weekend, be All- watching. All-Star weekend will be entertaining solely based on that fact. And I'm really looking forward to John Collins going out there and throwing down with yeah, these I mean, guys.
1: There's a lot of people in the country that don't know about John Collins.
0: And they should, considering how well he's played. But now he's going to be able to go on the national stage and prove himself in a meaningless competition. But hopefully it, it gets a little more traction behind him because he is – he is an all. I mean, he is on the cusp of superstar, and we talk about this every week. But it seems like, I mean, the consistency is there. I always expect there to be a drop off, and the only game I can think of in recent memory where he had a little bit of drop off was the game he went to on Martin Luther King Day with the Magic. Yeah, definitely. but he still had like a double double. Yeah, it wasn't just it wasn't twenty and ten. It was like twelve and ten, and it's still like ah, it's a down day for John Collins. Yeah, I mean, Trey Young's definitely been a
1: big boost to him as well. Oh, for sure, having that guy there, they, they
0: definitely complement each other's games, as we've discussed. And uh, Trey's looked a lot better. Recently, I think. I mean, the, 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 the passing's still been excellent, but the, um, the shooting's getting a little better, especially from three point Rangers, has been nice. And the Hawks went four and three on their, on their road which trip. Which is damn impressive. A West Coast road trip to go four and three. Right. And the reason they were doing that was because of the, the Super Bowl being in town. So it was like they were just out there on the West Coast doing their thing and had a pretty successful road trip, that, all things considered. Did you watch that game in Washington? I saw some of it, yeah. So and it
1: I mean that was just exactly what you wanted to see. It was Trey Trey actually had an off game there. Mm-hmm. He had like 10 points and like 10 assists. Yeah. But then like Spellman went for like 16 or 17. Yeah, one he of did, our rookies. He like, did really well. He was like four or five from three. Mm-hmm. Herder had another great game and John Collins did his thing. Right. And um Herder, he's a Michigan guy, University of Michigan. And I mean, his shot is just so quick that he can get it off. And I was reading an article from um, a Washington writer that was there watching the game. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty cool hearing somebody outside of Atlanta comment on what that core looks like. Yeah, what do you uh, j just, just talking about Trey Young's passing and how unbelievable it is, like the way... Well,
0: and Herter's too. Like, Herter has great court vision as well. I'm also impressed with Herter's ability to create his own shot. I thought he was more of a catch-and-shoot guy like Corver. Absolutely not. He's like a little Clay I think Thompson. We kinda just we under, we racially profiled
1: Herder as well. Probably. It was
0: just like, oh white guy, he white can shoot three. Threes. Yeah. Yeah. No, no but he, I just didn't expect lot. that even from seeing a little bit of his college stuff. I just you know, I was like, Yeah, we'll see. But he's really developing into a great talent. And like I mean he, he can throw it down on you too.
1: Yeah. Um Yeah, I mean it it's it's fun to watch.
0: Oh, for sure. I think the problem is though, Adam, is that we're winning too much for the for the draft right now. And I expected because of you know the trade deadline being today that we would make a move, try to get rid of Bayes, Lynn, uh, Jeremy Lynn, and um, maybe Deadman. None of that happened. We traded uh, Tyler Dorsey for Shelvin Mack, the return of Shelvin Mack, but he's going to get waived apparently. Yeah. So I don't know what the hell the point of doing that was. And then we uh, got Jabari Bird from the Celtics, whoever the hell that, that guy is. He only plays like eight minutes a game. Um, I thought we'd, we'd cut him too. We'd probably cut him too. Upon The only article him. I
1: read on Jabari Bird was that he's like a wife beater. Oh sure. So it's like I don't think that's the guy we want. Yeah, around. probably
0: not. I don't. So I don't really get what Schlink is doing here because uh, because the thing was is that you know the, the controversy right now is that you know a lot of people think we're winning too much uh, and and that's bad. But I, I I tend to think that it's it's great for the young guys to go out there and continue to develop. And if they win, then you know so be it. Guy, yeah, we're winning with our young guys. At the same time, I don't want to get to a point where we drop out of the lottery. So I'm I'm frustrated I that Schlank didn't make any moves to get rid of Jeremy Lin, Kent Bazemore, Torian Prince even. He's expendable. Just sure. or or Deadman. Like the fact that we didn't do that is like the most Atlanta fucking thing you could have sure. done. Because now we're gonna like we're only seven games out of a playoff spot. And Newsflash, tonight, on February seventh, we are beating the Toronto Raptors at the half sixty eight to sixty. So it's like so, Jesus Christ. So you're mad we're winning? I'm just saying that the team is better than we thought it was going to be, and we didn't do anything to I make thought it they were worse. Be good. <laughs> well, yeah, you did. You and you alone. Like we're not doing, and, and there's still 20 games under 500. But it's like, shit. Like, what if we get in the playoffs? That would be awful. That'd be absolutely awful. I'd be stoked. I would not. You know what would be bad is here's what. Well, here's what's going to happen if we get in the playoffs. I'm going to spend a hundred dollars on a good seat <laughs> going to a playoff game. I'm going to be pissed off when we get swept or lose four to one to the fucking Bucks or the Raptors. And I'm going to come back here and bitch on the podcast. You're going to hear me bitch for weeks about why the hell are we in the playoffs. We're not going to make the damn playoffs, I'll tell you that much. I don't know, but we might fall out of the top ten. And that's unacceptable to me. The fact that we didn't make any moves today for big, key pieces is unacceptable, especially when they have value. Jeremy Lin has plenty of value as a backup point guard. All right, you're going to get a second-round pick for him. Who cares? You lose. Do you know how many uh, many picks we have next year? The point of making moves at this point is... Is to ensure that we lose more than we win, so we don't fuck up our draft lottery. Tell that to the players in the locker room. You know what? They know that too, but they're, they don't give a shit because they're trying to play. And I'm not. I'm, this is nothing on them. This is on Schlink. This is the first time I've been upset with Schlink. But well, you can debate the Luka Doncic thing. But this is like. Just because that's a debate and the jury's out, but this unequivocally to me is a mistake that he didn't make any. Moves. So what if he just cuts them all tomorrow? Then are you happy? with Yes, him? absolutely. I don't need to get any more. So you want him to cut even Florian if you get, I'm not saying I don't know. Like we want to win next year, you know. But, uh, it you depends on what she got. Like, I don't, I don't need Jeremy Lin here to win long-term. Yeah. I don't need Kent Bazemore here to win long-term. Dude. I don't need Kent—I mean, I don't need uh, Torian Prince to win well, will you long-term. you let me talk, for Christ's sake? Go ahead. You, I understand your point. All right.
1: Do you not think Jeremy Lin has done any good in the development of Trey Young? I'm sure he has.
0: You think Deadman's helping John Collins at all? Baby Bird's got to learn to fly. I think John Collins is flying just fine. And Trey Young's pretty damn close. I mean it's like Vince Carter's around because he's helping these guys develop. Vince Carter's another another issue. No one no one's gonna need <laughs> Vince Carter. Vince Carter's ours. Everyone hands off Vince Carter. And like I, I would like to mention too, uh, was it the Wizards game where John Collins got lacerated across the face? Yeah. Yeah, so once that happens, Vince Carter comes in and drops sixteen. Yeah. It's it's amazing. Yeah. Vince Carter is ours. And he should stay here he's for the lost. rest of his career. Hopefully his he play he one more more. Yeah, because he could be our Julio Franco. Exactly. He's our Julio Franco. But everybody else still has twenty years left. And we should have tried. I don't know what we did. Maybe we did try, but we should have gotten something for them. So I don't. Or they should have just gotten rid of them. Even I, if it I, was shit, we should I, have just gotten rid of them so we don't have to win
1: them. I, I don't agree with like trading Baysmore for nothing. Like, he'll have value at some point. I'd, like, Lynn and Deadman, okay. Yeah,
0: like, why can't we have gotten something from those guys? I know we were rumored I mean, to get... But it's the
1: same thing as on, with Anthopolis.
0: Like... I guess you don't want to force if, if, a deal. If the deal's
1: not there, you don't do
0: it. It's a little different with Anthopolis, though, because the Braves can conceivably win now if they make some moves. The Hawks ain't winning shit. So just you get, just,
1: you're worried about them making the playoffs. I know! They
0: obviously, you think that they can win. Well, I'm not saying they're going to... They're not in a position where they can legitimately contend for a championship. LeBron's out of the East. Who cares? They're not going to contend for a championship. The Braves have a chance to contend for a championship. There's a big difference there w- What if? You don't have to be as choosy as right, Travis Here's Schlenk. my
1: question. What if this team, like, if we beat the shit out of the Raptors, and then we just start beating the shit out of everybody, and then it's like, <laughs> oh, shit, this team might be ready right now, and then we sneak into the playoffs as an eight seed and make a run to the finals. Jesus. Then are you still going to be upset? A little bit. But- what? <laughs> just because okay get out of here what you're just a fan of the d-league team now huh get the hell out of here you're not a falcons fan just cheer for the legends and what's the Erie, the eerie hawks or whatever they are i don't, I don't think there's any chance the Erie hawks happens. aren't doing much i mean if either. that
0: happened that'd be pretty cool i just don't I, just, I don't foresee that being a thing there's just no way that's going to happen there's no realistic way that's going to happen i think me. you just would love to lose move to cleveland or something well, they win a little bit now. Yeah, they won the NBA title. But I don't want to move. I, I love my Atlanta sports teams. I'm just saying, like, like it's a threat now that we're going to miss the lottery. And there's no chance of your delusion of grandeur hypothetical scenario occurring in any respect. You also so they'd get they'd the, the fuck more, out of you here. You didn't think they'd win more than 20 games. No, but there's no chance to go to the finals. You've seen us play against actually, like, good teams outside of the Raptors right now. Yes. Never beating them. Against the Bucs, we, we get slaughtered. That was better this last time. This team is not talented enough to do that, and I don't want to be in a position where we lose our lottery pick. I mean, that would just be be irresponsible to the health and the future of the franchise, which is what we need to be considering right now. Well, Adam, I don't think we have anything else to discuss. Nothing else happened with Atlanta United. Um, We know about all the things that they've been doing, and it's been good. And the Legends started this weekend, so I guess we'll have to talk about it next week. Um, oh. Prepare yourself as the official. You better believe I will have a recap ready. Oh, yeah. And what channels? Is it, is it CBS All Access or is it regular CBS? Regular CBS? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Football lives on. Big time. Well, everyone out there, thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. Until next time, rise up, chop on, stay in brotherhood, unite and conquer, and remain true to Atlanta. Hospital Hospitality.